Hi, this is Pastor Brittany Isaac from Urban Village Church, Chicago. We are a church that is bold, inclusive, and relevant. I know that many of you out there are hungry for a gospel message of healing and wholeness, a message that leads to a life transformed by Christ. I hope that this podcast does just that. And if it does, would you please consider making a financial gift that will support this gospel-inclusive ministry? You can do that by going to urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks so much and have a blessed day. Good morning! How are y'all? I know you guys walked into the space and you said, what is up? Why can't we go into the worship area? And the answer is because I said so. (laughs) Uh, My name is Brittany and I'm the pastor here. It is so good to have you here today. It is Palm Sunday. In the liturgical year of uh, the Christian year, this week that we are about to begin, this Sunday until next Sunday is the holiest week in all of scripture, in in the uh, Christian tradition. When you look at scripture, you see the most detailed stories happen between Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem and his death and resurrection. And so today, we are not only going to celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem and sing songs and wave our palm uh, branches, but we are going to then move deeper into the week and experience uh, Jesus cleansing the temple and experience Jesus' betrayals by some of those who loved him and whom he loved the most. And we do this all in preparation to get ready for the miracle and mystery of Easter that greets us next week. So are you ready? All right. I turn it over to the band. All right, y'all ready? We're going to start with a little clapping and stomping. Oh, I forgot scripture. Let's read a scripture first. (laughs) So we're going to begin today with a reading from Luke. When he had come near Bethpage and Bethany... At the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it to me. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying this? Just say, The Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They said, The Lord needs it. Then, see the detail? (laughs) Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Repeat after me. Blessed is the king. Blessed is the king. Who comes in the name of the Lord. Who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven. Peace in heaven. And glory to God in the highest. And glory to God in the highest. And so let us sing Hosanna. Good morning. Our next piece of scripture comes to us from Luke chapter 19, verses 41 through 48. As he came near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, If you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Indeed, the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up ramparts around you and surround you and hem you on every side. They will crush you to the ground and you and your children within you. 
and they will not leave with and they will not leave within you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. Then he entered the temple and began to drive out those who were selling things there and he said, "It is written, my house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers." Every day he was teaching in the temple. The chief priests, the scribes and the leaders of the people kept looking for a way to kill him. But they did not find anything they could do for all the people were spellbound by what they heard this is the word of the lord hey everyone Oh, God, here we go. So just like the first service, we're going to start that over. And when I say hey, y'all say hey back. Okay, so one more time. Oh, hey, everybody. Hey. Hey. Um, I'm Patrick, and I have the opportunity to give you my testimony. And my testimony and reflection to the scripture um, it kind of goes back to a very dark period that I was in where I felt like everything around me was just caving in. I felt literally like the walls were put up and I was surrounded. And being surrounded, you know, going through depression and not only that, but being in the military and coming here and then friends leaving and then I don't have any friends here and I I was just at a loss. I was hurt. I was looking for something to break me out of those areas and especially out of this small little box that I was put in. I happened to find UVC. It was just random. It was one of those kind of things that it, it came to me and I started feeling like the walls were coming down, but slowly, not, not at the pace that I wanted. And still battling depression and everything, I was asking myself and not even able to hear the word of God anymore, even hear God's voice. And I was asking myself, who, who is this? Who is this talking to me? I knew the voice, but did I recognize the voice? And I was like, why? What is this? What is this voice? And it took going to a church retreat that I was able to find myself, that I was able to not just find a little bit of me, but actually hear him. Because at one point, God was like, uh, um, I'm going to need you over here. But I was like, no, God, wait, no, no, I'm not ready. And God was like, Mm-mm, come on, come on, I'm going to need you over here. And... It took coming together with a bunch of people that I had no idea who they were, no actual quarrel relationship with any of them, that praying every day, coming together, coming together and just having worship, that they brought me back to breaking down these walls. And it took even then hearing God's voice I recognized and I was like, oh yeah, this, this is God, this is God talking. Sorry, I told myself I wasn't going to cry, and I didn't first service, but it's coming. But in that, it took one person at that church retreat to actually tell me that there's something in you, and you just got to let God do his job and let it grow in you. And that's my testimony. Luke 22, verses 1 through 6 the plot to kill Jesus. 
Now the festival of unleavened bread, which is called the Passover, was near. The chief priests and the scribes were looking for a way to put Jesus to death, for they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered into Judas, called Iscariot, who was one of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers of the temple police about how he might betray them to him, him to them. They were greatly pleased and agreed to, to give him money. So he consented and began to look for an opportunity to betray him to them when no crowd was present. Luke twenty-two fifty-four through 62, Peter denies Jesus. Then they seized Jesus and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. But Peter was following at a distance. When they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him in the firelight, stared at him and said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. A little later, someone else, on seeing him, said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then about an hour later still, another kept insisting, Surely this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. At that moment, while he was still speaking, the cock crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the cock crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Hi, everyone. Sorry about the little mess up there. <laughs> My name is Zana, and um, I want to share with you a couple of stories. Uh, the first uh, was when my brother was 18. Well, it was actually his 18th birthday. And um, he had gone out with some friends celebrating. Um, and on their way home, after a few drinks, uh, uh, he, he held hands with his boyfriend as they were walking home. Now, unfortunately, this was seen by a group of men who um, decided that, that, that they didn't like that. And so they attacked him. And he... Uh, he ended up in, in hospital because of that. And um, he, he talks about that um, nine years on. And he will say that as much as the violence in that moment hurt him, what hurt him more was that, uh, that his then boyfriend ran off and left him. Another story... Uh, was when I used to work for a Christian drama charity. And we used to work with a lot of schools. And um, every Easter, we would do an Easter production where we would take uh, small children, groups of small children around as if they were following the story of Jesus's last week just after it was happening. So they would meet characters who had just experienced what had happened. And so when they got to this particular story, this part of Peter's denial, they met the character of Peter who was weeping and sobbing and saying, I just, I can't believe I've let down my best friend. Um, and I, I was uh, acting as a guide and I turned to one of a seven or eight year old and I just said, oh, that's terrible, isn't it? And this little boy looked up at me and then kind of shamefully looked at the ground and said, yeah, I've done that. See, letting someone down, 
those that we most love and being let down by those that we most love is a universal experience that we, no matter what age we are, we know what that feels like, don't we? We know how Peter felt as he just messed up. I mean, you've got to imagine for a second that this, this is a man who has spent, as we said earlier about Judas, has spent three years living with Jesus, following Jesus, putting all his hope in Jesus. All his eggs are in this Jesus basket. And um, I mean, he, we, we're told that Peter has a mother-in-law. We're never told about his wife, but somewhere he presumably had a wife that he'd left, a home, a job. And he was willing to die for Jesus. We saw that in the drama. He was like, no, I'll die for you. But when that moment actually occurred, when he was confused because Jesus had just been arrested, this, this man who was going to change everything had just been arrested, so he was confused. He was fearful for his own life. You know, he was in the middle of a crowd. Like, he didn't know that they weren't going to turn nasty on him. He was afraid for his own safety. And so really, you know, can we really blame him in that moment? for saying, I don't know him. And um, if you think about the different responses in that story, so you've got, you've got, um, well, first let's look at the, the response Judas had when he betrayed Jesus. So we didn't read that in the scripture, but Judas afterwards tries to undo what he did. He tries to go back to the Pharisees and say, Look, just take the money back. I don't want it. And they refused to take it back. And when that happened, he couldn't live with himself. And so he killed himself. The guilt of that led him to kill himself. And that's one response, blame and shame. There's another response here, and that's the response of Jesus, who was betrayed, let down. You know, we've all been let down, like my brother was in that first story. And... And Jesus' response was, even when he knew it was going to happen, even when he said at the Last Supper, you're going to do this, Peter. It's going to happen. Um, his response was, and I've prayed that you will be okay afterwards, that, you're, that we will reconcile. So that was Jesus' response, even in the pain. And then you have Peter's response, which was to realize what had happened, and to weep, and to be remorseful. And then later in the story, they reconcile. Jesus and Peter reconcile. And, um, you know, I just, I want to add an extra story that I didn't, uh, <laughs> that I didn't this, this morning in the first service, um, partly because someone reminded me that the brother I'm talking about is semi-famous. <laughs> And I'm just going to have a proud sister moment. <laughs> um, so he, uh, so that attack that happened to him gave him a fear of, of understandably, of public displays of affection. Um, and yet he proposed last year to his to his, fiance, his now fiance in a very very public display of affection that um, that actually went viral across the world. <laughs> um, and. Uh, if you want to know more about that, I suggest you go to YouTube and you just type in London police proposal. And that, the, the policeman in that proposal is my brother. It went 
it went viral. It was, it was, I was really very proud of him. And, and that's another sign of reconciliation, that he has come to a point where he is okay with who he is and isn't ashamed. And, um, you know, the point is not if these things will happen. Jesus is very clear with Peter. You're going to deny me. And we need to be aware of that ourselves. We are going to mess up. We are going to let people down. And those that love us most will probably let us down at different points to a lesser or greater degree. And so the question isn't if it happens, it's when it happens. And when it happens, how will you respond? Thank you. Luke 23, 13 through 25, Jesus sentenced to death. Pilate then called together the chief priests, the leaders, and the people, and said to them, you brought me this man as one who was perverting the people, and here I have examined him in your presence, and have not found this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. Indeed, he has done nothing to deserve death. I will therefore have him flogged and release him. Then they all shouted out together, away with this fellow, release Barabbas for us. This was a man who had been put in prison for an insurrection that had taken place in the city and for murder. Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, addressed them again, but they kept shouting, crucify, crucify him. A third time he said to them, why? What evil has he done? I have found in him no ground for the sentence of death. I will therefore have him flogged and then release him. But they kept urgently demanding with loud shouts that he should be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate gave his verdict that their demand should be granted. He released the man they asked for, the one who had been put in prison for insurrection and murder, and he handed Jesus over as they wished. Luke 23, 33 to 4, and 39 through 47, crucifixion and death. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, while the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. When the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God and said, Certainly, this man was innocent. 